is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Inside feed, Cousins, jam, foul. If he makes the free throw, he'll have a 15-point ball game. Cousins has 49 points and 11 rebounds as he goes to the free throw line. Here's the free throw for 50. He's got it. DeMarcus Cousins in rarefied air, a career high, and a very short list of former Kings players who have scored as many as 50 in a ball game. Chris Webber, Kevin Martin, and now DeMarcus Cousins. Cousins drives, scoops, scores, back to a two-point game. Cousins has 52. DeMarcus Cousins has become the highest scorer individually in Sacramento Kings history. Pocket 12, Rondo looking for Cousins. He's being smothered by Kaminsky. Here's the entry to Boogie. He rolls to his right. He scoops. It bounces. It falls in. We're tied at 122. 38 seconds to go. 54 career high points for DeMarcus Cousins. 122 apiece. Timeout, Charlotte. Wow. 55 points for Cousins. Kings still trail by one. 124-123. Second one. Good. Tied again. 124 apiece. Clifford takes timeout. 25.6 seconds to go. Cousins has 56 points. Welcome into another edition of Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Jason Ross. Each and every day for you. Here talking NBA and talking Sacramento Kings. It's been a wild couple of days. We still have to wait till Thursday when the Kings will resume action and the NBA begins their final portion of the schedule for the Kings. It's the final 25. Most people think they don't have a shot at making the eight, even though they begin Thursday's play a one and a half out of Denver and they play Denver at Golden One Center on Thursday. But obviously that begins a new chapter. DeMarcus Cousins, Omri Caspi are gone. They go to New Orleans. As you know by now, the Kings welcome in Buddy Heald, Langston Galloway, and the return of Tyreek Evans, as well as some picks in the future. And today on the podcast, we'll be discussing that very thing with a guy that has a national radio show, knows basketball inside and out, has great connections around the league, and certainly knows the college future draft as well. And we'll know more on that as they get closer to the draft. But Ryan Rossillo from ESPN, from Rossillo and Cannell, and he's been all sorts of ESPN flat, uh, platforms. He'll be joining us here in just a moment. But for those of you that are new to the show, check us out each and every day. Like we said, Monday through Friday, daily content when you want it. Locked on Kings. It's here for you on iTunes, on Audioboom, or on Stitcher. But with that said, let's get to our guest today, and that is Ryan Rosillo from ESPN and from Rosillo and Cannell. And Ryan, uh, out here in Sacramento, I've done all the searching and, and reading and listening and watching of everybody's take, really, on the Sacramento Kings. And about 95 to 97, maybe even 98% of the people have not been a fan of the move 
for the Sacramento Kings. You have been one of them, and I'm not having you on just because you have been a fan of this move, but you at least think it makes some sense. But I'll I'll ask you, why did you say that? Why do you think this move to deal DeMarcus Cousins makes some sense for the Sacramento Kings? Because they did something no one thought they would do, and Vivek was always the guy that was telling every coach that wanted to move on from him. Anyone who wanted to get the GM job, they had to tell him that they were going to do it around Cousins. And he had a crush on the guy because of his talent, which I totally get. So the fact that he actually did something so many in the NBA never thought he would do, I think, is a win. Now, the Hall is not what you would expect for somebody of this talent. But it's funny. I was getting other people in the NBA to text me going up the Kings. You know, here they go again. You know, just I mean, just no one likes him. Right. I mean, no one likes the owner. No one respects the front office. So people from different teams were ripping the trade. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I get it. But all of you guys told me you wouldn't trade for Cousins. So if all these teams won't trade for him, then the market is, is fairly depressed when it comes to him, despite his talent, despite you're going to get him for another year. So I know it's not what people expected. You know, I just looked at the Lou Williams deal, and it's basically Buddy Heald and a pick. You know, I mean, the difference between what what the Kings got for DeMarcus and what the Lakers got for Lou Williams is Buddy Heald and some filler. So that's not what you'd want. But I think as far as this this franchise moving in the right direction, I don't know that it was ever going to change with Boogie being the face of the franchise. And the fact that the owner did something no one in the league thought he would do, I think could be long-term seen as a win. Yeah, I mean, I'm here. I'm in the mix. I am work with the team. I, I don't know why Vivek switched. I think that it's fascinating that he did, um, and I'm, I agree with you in that sense, Ryan, that they finally, like it or not, seemingly have cohesion amongst Vlade and Vivek, though it's an easy front office to rip, but they finally got to that point you're talking about where they agreed on something. Right, so you know we can sit here, and it's funny because I've spent so much time on the Sacramento side of this, right? And that's what we did all day on the show today. And I talked to Cousins last week, and <laughs> you know I've been pretty critical of him. I mean, he really has been one of my least favorite basketball players to watch, despite his enormous talent, because to me it's so painfully obvious when his emotions are going to just just check him out of the game. And there's all these little things I would look for, and it would happen, and it would still never get any better. And then I was like, I'm going to stop tweeting about it because it feels like I'm obsessing. <laughs> but I'd have so many people in the numbers community killing me, going, oh, you don't get it. Oh, it's the king. And that's the thing. It's like maybe it is Mike Malone. But, man, Mike Malone should run for president. If Mike Malone is – like if he's that special, then he should be doing something bigger than being an NBA coach. Then it's all the other coaches' fault. And then it's the front office's fault. And I know they haven't drafted well. And I know there wasn't a lot of talent around him. And I know they screwed up the Isaiah Thomas thing. But for anyone that has just said it's all on everyone else and it's not really Boogie's fault, then I guess what they'd say is that they would make a bet that this is going to be a real seamless transition now that he's in New Orleans and playing with another star, Anthony Davis. And that's not a bet I'd want to make. I mean, look, I hope it works out for him because it feels like such a waste if he's going to be just somebody that lets things bother him too much. But I don't know. I don't know how you guys did it. I don't know how you guys did it. All the nights of watching him play were, yeah, the numbers were huge and it was a lot of fun, but like, I don't need to tell you guys what you would see for the last, however many years when you just go up, oh, here we go. Like this, this game, he's, he's going to be done. He's going to be done here. I hope it changes for his sake. I just don't know what was going to happen in Sacramento that was going to get it to change because he definitely felt on top of everything else entitled because he was going to get the new contract. He still was going to be the face of the franchise. There wasn't going to be anybody they were going to pair with him that was going to be any better. So I don't know why any of that would have changed there. Yeah, what's interesting, as you said that, I'm thinking, Ryan, that you know working for this team for so long, 
I want them to win every game. I, I wanted him to succeed, but there were times it was hard to root for the team because of because of some of the things you said because of him and and I almost go back to when you talked about you you had him on your show a week ago and I felt like you asked him more than a fair question if he sees those antics on film and he pretty much dismissed that right away saying next question I I, I was that's just kind of the way he had been in Sacramento for for the tenure here and the thing is is he can't possibly not see him he can't possibly like I'm not I didn't play at a high level. I didn't have the coaching that these other guys have had. But, you know, look, I, I played a little, you know, and, and you, you pay enough attention to things and you know when somebody's screwing up. And I would I would see it all the time. And then it'd be 35 and 12 and people would be like, oh, poor guy. And I'm going, well, then you, then you don't watch, you know, or you don't. And I look, I appreciate you working for the team. And I appreciate, you know, watching the broadcast there's been this weird window for like the longest time where it felt like sacramento would always have that late window on a tuesday by themselves (laughs) i feel like i was that's why i was watching as many times as i was because they'd be like all right the only game left on is still sacramento and i would try to watch and be like am i being unfair is it getting better and you know when i read that kevin artovitz piece it was definitely in depth but i would i would say still floating the malone theory out there that malone was kept on as head coach and everything would be different which i think is really like a fantasy, um, you know, and they were saying, well, Cousins got up and started yelling, being like, how come you're not calling him out? And I, I see it, man. I see a, a young man who definitely thinks everybody's out to get him, and I, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I've never wanted to be a hater or anything. Like, I can only go on the basketball that I see. And that's why I was like, look, I've been really critical of him. I've actually talked to him two other times, and I said, I'm kind of a phony if I don't say something about the things that I've said in the air about him when he's not on the phone. So I told the staff, I go, look, I'm, I'm going to be straight up and ask him. And I, you know, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to have a moment where it's like a look at me thing, which is definitely something that could happen. Like I could have really kind of pushed him, got him to snap maybe. And then it would have made me out to be a hero or at the very least people would be talking about my show. So I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to see if he would say, yes, at times I know I need to do a better job when it's obvious he needs to do a better job of that stuff. And he's like, no, you know, next question. He next questioned me twice. We yeah. Just go, okay, here we go. You know? Yeah. And, you know, how do they, the organization I'm speaking of, Ryan, avoid kind of a statement you made earlier? And it's, they've been an easy target. It's been a decade plus of losing and a lot of missteps. I mean, there's no one that's denying that. How do they avoid that? Is the simplest answer win? I mean, or do they need to do more than that? Because they're an easy target. I don't blame people for getting on them. They've had, like I said, a lot of mistakes. How do how do you how do they avoid getting out of that circus that they've been in? Yeah, I mean, look, the easiest thing is just win. But then you go, okay, well, how's that going to happen? Considering the way they drafted, you know, they've done they've done a pretty bad job uh, drafting here. So now you're you're talking about these picks. I also love this other theory that was being floated around that they wanted less return so they get their pick back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wait a minute, how about how about can we get some better players and then we'll figure it out? So like, I I think that was writers maybe giving the front office too much credit, or maybe they were smart enough to plan it to a writer. And then a writer went with it. Cause I think sometimes we're, we're guilty and I should include myself in that, not as a writer, but somebody that talks about the NBA. Um, You know, I think Vladdy's in a tough spot because I think, you know, that, that when Vladdy came on, it wasn't really for this role. And then it was, different people that were interviewed to be the GM and then some other people were really hesitant because of the fact. And then they're like, well, wait a minute, am I answering to Vladi or is Vladi answering to me? And then all of a sudden like Vladi's the guy that's in charge. And I'll tell you, there were some NBA people that just flat out, like despite their criticism of the trade, 
they were like, I feel bad for Vladi in this spot, you know, because he thought he was defending what happened in the trade by pointing out the agents. And I think somebody with a little bit more polish wouldn't have done that because what it turned into was that Vladi had a better deal two days ago. And now, hey, like no one would be that dumb to be like, hey, everybody, guess how much I screwed this up? Because if you think (laughs) it's bad now, I had a better deal two days ago. And he was obviously referencing the fact that he felt the agents were sabotaging the market by trying to tell other teams that DeMarcus wasn't going to sign with them. And that's what he's trying to do. So I think there has to be it's not who's in power. I just think there needs to be a little bit more basketball day to day support of somebody that really is respected and has done the job for years and years to work with Lottie, to work with the Vec. I think that's that's really the key because I think there's been you know, just other teams are going, you know, I don't I don't know if they're armed enough with enough people. Um and, you know, look, if the owner wants to do it his way, and that was always the thing. I mean, people, we would be able to figure out who they were drafting all the time because there was a theory in the NBA that ownership just wanted to go ahead and draft as many Kentucky guys as they could and then have a coach Cal, mm-hmm. you know, for $10 million a year. Like, there was other teams that actually believed that. They're like, that can't possibly be true. So despite the haul, in a way, I have more respect for them now that they actually did something I didn't think they'd do. Let's talk about the hall then. I mean, again, I agree with you 100% that I don't think they got as much in return as was, you know, they what they thought they would get. But Tyreek Evans expiring. Langston Galloway is a rotation guy somewhere in there. Buddy Heald's the key tangible piece, a first and a second this upcoming year. What do you think about what they did get actually in return? Well, the Buddy thing scares me because I would have liked to have seen him be a little better, you know, because usually when you have these older prospects that come out, the scary thing is when they are kind of who they are, you're like, Oh no, you know, I've had to learn the lesson the hard way after liking, you know, a few few prospects being like, who cares if they win and they produce their 23, like go ahead and draft him. And I'm telling you when they're wrong, when those guys aren't good and they're older, it's bad. Uh, Langston can play. He's hundred percent of the in your rotation. Um, Tyree scares the hell out of me, but you know, I don't, I don't need to, to remind you of that. I just, I always am fascinated with these things when it comes down to like this. Like, how can you not get a second first rounder? Mm-hmm. How can you tell New Orleans, okay, we're going to walk away from this. You're going to miss out. Like, what you're giving us here is, ugh, you're going to you're going to end up resigning him. Okay, you know you are. So I don't want to hear about what the agent has told you, because the money's still significant. But I need a second first. I can't have. You know, the Celtics Nets pick is the worst thing to reference ever, but it just always feels like in the NBA, the NBA is like a neighborhood where everybody has the same house, the same square footage. And you're like, what did you pay for your house? They're like, oh, I paid 500 grand. Like, what did you pay for your house? You're like, $2. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. You're like, yeah, they kind of throw, like, there's no real good comps in the NBA. It's just sort of desperation. Who can be swindled? Who can walk away from the table? And I I'd still like to think that they would have done better, but I guess that's where the Orlando stuff came in. Because I heard about the Orlando thing over a month ago, and it was from somebody going, hey, this is more real than just the fake boogie rumor of the month. And you're like, man, shouldn't they do better than that? But, you know, like Boston want to do it. You know, I don't know what to believe here with the L.A. thing. I think we'll find out more about that in the days to come. Like, could, could Lakers fans have been spared Brandon Ingram by the guys that got fired and because they got fired that's why they still have brandon ingram like that part's crazy too so i would have liked to see them go we need we need multiple first rounders here um you can keep your second rounder and i'd still think you'd be able to get that done but maybe i don't know what i'm talking about no what you know the the one thing i think of all this that was telling to me was 
what they ended up getting and what the teams, who the teams were that were rumored. You mentioned Ryan Orlando. We heard the Lakers before. Phoenix out here was mentioned before. And New Orleans, none of them are, are great teams, but all of them kind of fit into the pocket what seemingly the Kings wanted. A tangible player, a young player in return, and some picks. And a lot of the better teams either weren't interested or didn't have lottery picks. So everybody out here fascinated about that Boston pick that you've targeted with through, via Brooklyn I just think they were chasing something that was, you know, at least fans that that wasn't ever tangible. And you know what? The Celtics thing surprises me because you also got to look at the top of this draft where, you know, three of the top four, maybe four of the top five picks are going to be guards um, and and point guards. So the Celtics want a point guard or, you know, does Tatum from Duke play his way back to the top of this class where he was kind of being talked about? Um, before he missed the first eight games of the season. But he's been terrific. But then I think about covering Angie in Boston. And if there's one thing I know about Angie, is he, if you're talented, he doesn't care. Like, he's the guy that trades for Ricky Davis because Ricky Davis coming back is more talented than the pieces they moved out. He wanted to trade for Ron Artest. I think there was a time he wanted even Latrell Sprewell. Like, he didn't care. So I'd always thought, like, Angie's not the type of guy that looks at Cousins going, I don't want him to be part of my locker room. I think that's the way you would say it, and the way you would plan it to Boston reporters um, if you couldn't get that deal done. But I don't know if we're going to find out that he would not include a pick that, you know, he maybe he's just that much more into the Jimmy Butler thing and feels like he has to save it there because if the Bulls pull the plug on Butler, it's, it's a lot easier to sell that you move Butler, a great player and a great contract that I don't think has been nearly the headache Cousins is. You're, you're selling your fan base on that. You know, we either can get the number one pick if the deal is made before Thursday or you know what the pick is on draft night. So, you know, when you think about if you were Ainge and you were close to packaging a young player and that that's unprotected pick, and then you see what the deal actually went through, you're going, well, I'm glad we never did that. The Phoenix thing's tough because you're not getting Devin Booker. You know, you got to figure out which picks you're going to get for them. And they screwed up a couple of their picks and trades before. And then the Alex Lenz stuff, like, who who cares? Yeah. They might not even they might not even redo him. So you might be better off with Buddy Heald there. And then, of course, when you guys trade for Buddy, you, know, you have to kind of th- – like, teams always do this stuff, you know, when they'll go, yeah, we think this guy's the next Mo Rivera. And you're like, what? Right. You know, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm not ready for the Curry comparison. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. How about if this goes right for the Kings? By saying right, I mean that they keep their top ten pick, doesn't go to Chicago. They don't have to. They avoid the pick swap with Philly and the Pelicans. I guess miss the playoffs, so they get potentially two lottery picks. No matter where that falls, are you a believer that this draft is that good? That if that's eight and eleven or wherever it falls, that the Kings will, though they haven't drafted well, like you said before, that they'll be in good shape at least via the draft if they have two in the lottery. Well, there's depth. There's definitely depth there. And what you'd love to see is get lucky with one of the picks to creep up around that four or five area so you can actually go get a point guard because you guys have been just desperate to figure that thing out. You know, the Rondo one year rental, as you got to see up close, it was, oh, hey, so you're going to try to go for 20 assists tonight? This will be fun. And, you know, the other nights, and I know Rondo actually ended up being, you know, a little bit better there to try to rebuild his market um, than, than it's gone in Chicago or definitely Dallas. But, there are some really nice point guards in this class. And if you were lucky enough to hit one of those, it's almost like we don't even have to be a great front office. They're just the numbers alone tell us we'll hit one of these guys. If it's picks 8 and 11, no, I'll, I'll admit, I, would, I wouldn't have a ton of faith that, that you guys are going to, well, at least that the front office, hmm. you know, the track record just not there sure. right now. I mean, it's been, it's, been, it's been bad. And, like, you know, look, I get the Macklemore pick. I get, you know, trading 
at the time for like when they traded for Rudy Gale, I remember saying like, wow, that's a really interesting kind of VC business approach that when everybody's doing this, we're going to go this way. And it's like, yeah, but then sometimes everybody's going away from the thing that you want to go for because it's just bad and it doesn't make you smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, man, it's just tough. Like Stauskas, I kind of got, you know, Jimmer, I didn't really get as much, but that was uh, that was before Vivek anyway, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Jimmer. Yeah, Jim, yeah. So now I'm just kind of going the roll call in my head here. It's just <laughs> we do it daily out here, right? No, it's <laughs> it's tough, man. It's really tough. Um, last thing for you, Ryan, and really appreciate your time. How about uh, how's this work in New Orleans? Demarcus and Anthony Davis sounds great, but how's it going to work? What do you see? Do you think they catch the eight? What, what's the final twenty-five look for, with uh, Demarcus in New Orleans? Okay, if Drew Holiday's healthy, then I think this can work, um, at least for the A spot, right? Because nobody's catching anybody in the top seven. But what's kind of lost in this is how – I'm sure you know this, but the rest of that roster is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I got the first run through what they try to do with all the different pieces, re-signing Eric Gordon because you just sort of do it, trading Drew for Nerlens because you just – you know, we don't need another pick. They used the money on Tyreek, even though I didn't love him, just because the cap space is available. And back then, you'd always have to just sign anybody to use the cap space. And the team could never stay healthy, you know, the Ryan Anderson thing. So now, when I look at him, I'm like, you guys paid Ashik, Solomon Hill. Hmm. I mean, there, there are some contracts on that team that I'm like, these are terrible. Uh, Etwan Moore, like long-term deals for like good money. So... You know, Drew has it's been frustrating because if he could just stay healthy, I know he had a family issue where he missed some time. But when it's just those two guys, like everybody that's told me it's not Boogie's fault, okay then. So that means when he's not getting it in ISO every time to close a game, he's going to be okay with that. And I know he's a great passer when he wants to be, but I'm not 100% sure. And he has to kind of do that Rasheed Wallace thing where it's like Rasheed when he was in Portland, he was getting the technical every other game. And then guess what? He goes to Detroit and barely gets any, and he helps them win a ring, and they're playing an NBA Finals. Like he decided that okay, whatever I was doing in Portland, I don't need to do that this next time through. And I don't know if Cousins can do that right now. And as much as he should respect Anthony Davis because he's every bit as talented as he is, I wonder if Davis has a strong enough personality where he'll tell him, "Hey, man." You got to stay with me, man. Stay with me. Show on a screen. Box out. Get back on defense. Just because you don't get a call, it doesn't mean you're going to check out for the next three minutes. Like, you got to stay with me. You're my teammate and have enough respect for me that you're going to give me everything you can. And I don't know if Anthony Davis is long enough in his career or old enough in his career. He's certainly good enough as a player, but he's kind of a laid back dude. So if Cousins thinks he can eat him up, you know what I mean? Like, if he's going to think, like, I'm, I'm the tough one, this guy's soft even though there's no reason for him to think that way. But I'm just looking at, like, how teams work. Like, this is not – it's a talent slam dunk, but I don't know that it's the personality slam. Like, I, we've all talked about how the, we wish there could have been somebody there for Cousins. I, I've heard a lot of people say Davis is definitely that guy now. I'm not sure about yet. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting when they start against the Rockets, Kings Final 25. Uh, I, I look forward to this. It'll be a different uh, start of a new thing in Sacramento. Not sure they got the right end of this just yet, but we'll wait and see. Ryan, thank you so much as always. Keep up your amazing work. I've always been a fan of yours, uh, all this stuff you do, especially you, you're just a hoops junkie, aren't you? You watch everything, all right? All NBA, all college too? Yeah, my college thing is more like a... Prospects? I have to cr- no, I have to crank it up for 
for the draft. So I start that this month yeah. anyway. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> tough to tough to take in a seat in hall game when you have a night off of NBA. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I, I'll catch up later. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Well, Ryan, awesome. Thank you. I'd love to do this again somewhere down the line. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Good luck out there. You have great fans and you know, I've kind of gone at it with them over the years, but, um, they're passionate. Guys, no, but you guys, you guys deserve better. And I know it's frustrating. I know how many fans absolutely love that guy. He's your guy. And it's always cool to have a star, but I don't know if it was ever going to work, man. So I know it wasn't right now, so this could be better. Well, my thanks to Ryan Rossillo for joining us. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan A. Rossillo, R-Y-E-N-A, Rossillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O. Of course, Rossillo and Canel is his national radio show, and I encourage you to just listen. I mean, be an active listener to him at any point uh, on any of his ESPN platforms because you'll hear a guy that knows basketball. It's just obvious listening to him and uh, agree or disagree. And, and Ryan even said it earlier in our conversation. He's been critical of the Kings, and they've been an easy target to be critical of. But he's a guy that sees this move as maybe something that the Kings had to do. Uh, it's something I've shared. I, I felt that, too. And maybe a year too late, maybe two years too late, but they didn't keep doing the same. They didn't keep going down the same road and saying, you know what? We're going to pay DeMarcus. We're going to hope for a change. We're going to try to find the right coach and the right players around him. They've tried. No one can blame the Kings for a lack of effort on this. Seven years is enough time. Ideally, it would have worked, but it didn't. And they tried a different course. And we'll see come Thursday what the initial stages of the return look like for the Sacramento Kings. Again, my thanks to Ryan Rossillo. Thanks to all of you that have listened. Again, Audio Boom, iTunes, Stitcher, all the different ways to find us each and every day on Locked on Kings. Thank you so much. Back again tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17